You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening? Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, it is time. It is our first preview podcast. We have a game to talk about. Pretty pumped about it. Yeah, it's exciting, man. This is like uh, all this buildup, all this speculation. We're going to have a lot of questions answered here very soon. Right, and that's the thing is like week one, you definitely do get some answers. It's not the kind of thing where you're going to know everything about a team. And, right. and of course, this is a team that we expect their uh, performance to fluctuate over the course of the year based off any number of factors. But we do get the first semblance of an answer. So, of course, to put that answer into context, we need to figure out who we're playing. Where right. did you start? You know, we talked on the pod on Monday about uh, Jacksonville and some of the challenges that, that week one presents against anyone specific to Jacksonville with new coordinator, uh, new coordinators, new head coach, et cetera. So when you started watching Jacksonville, where did you start your study? Yeah, I started my study with the third preseason game because they played in the Hall of Fame game. So it was uh, Pittsburgh versus Jacksonville. And I kind of went from there. Any game that there were starters playing in, I wanted to take a look at what they were doing just to get a feel for for who they were. You know, I get to see Caldwell's defense and how it kind of mimics what they were doing in Tampa Bay when he was there, you know, early first down tendencies is to be in that kind of big 34 front with those big run stuffers, those big ends and kind of dare you to run the football because they they think they've got some really good run stoppers there. The personnel inside is uh, kind of carbon copies of each other, big physical kind of mauling, you know, nose technique type guys with enough athleticism to make you scared and can play the run really well. They kind of remind me like Stacy McGee type body types for those guys who remember from back what in the day. Throwback, yeah. Stacy McGee. Let's yeah. Go. You know, like kind of looking like refrigerators out there, but they move like uh, <laughs> they move like a bunch of dancing bears. So that's going to be interesting because there's not a lot of big names in that group, but um, some of them have very high PFF grades in terms of how they play against the run. So even though you don't have your Vita Vea there, they've got a lot of people there that um, can make some plays. So obviously then the edges uh, of that front become very interesting because Trayvon Walker and then Josh Allen, Number 41, not the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, who were both high picks. Allen was, I think, the 16th pick overall. And obviously, Trayvon Walker was the first first pick last year. Trayvon Walker is, I mean, one of the most unique athletes that I've ever evaluated, you know, in my 15 years of doing film and college evaluation. Like, he's just a big, long, athletic, kind of mean son of a gun who is about as raw as you can possibly get, but has some tremendous upside. Like, it's crazy to watch him, like, drop into coverage and his feet, like he moves like a safety or a linebacker, like, and he's 275 pounds, you know, and that's just like such a unique body type. And then a guy who can just like run you over playing defensive end, he's raw as a pass rusher, but he, his one trick is the long arm and a bull. And it's not a bad trick because he's a big, strong guy. Uh, Allen on the other side has a lot more pass rushing juice 
for lack of a better term, like a little more bend, a little bit more nuance, and um, but a good, big, strong, good football player. So, and then you get to the second level of their defense, and you're like, man, like they are young and like kind of crazy athletic there too. Like you say, they've got Foye Olakun, who was like the highest paid free agent linebacker this last offseason. I think he's like a $50 million guy. I played with him in Atlanta, converted cornerback, moving to linebacker. Physical. Oh, you don't see that very often. Yeah, he went to Yale. You know, smart guy, kind of probably miscast <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, excellent nose for the football and kind of is the modern iteration. Like he wears fifty four. He reminds me of Levante David a ton from Tampa Bay. Um, and I'm making all these Tampa Bay connections because that's the dad of this defense, right? That's the tree that it's from. And so he he is excellent in coverage. He's excellent against the run. I think he led the NFL in tackles last year, like 195 or some ridiculous number like that. And then they've got the two kids from the, that they drafted. They got Chad Muma out of Wyoming, and they got Devin Lloyd. And Devin Lloyd was my favorite defensive player in the draft this year. I think he's coming off an injury. I don't know if he'll play or not, but I loved his college tape. I love Muma's college tape. So, again, that second level of that defense is, again, very young, very talented, and kind of, again, like when you look at that front, you say, wow, that's like that's a pretty vaunted athletic group right there uh by by most nfl standards and completely different than was was there last year for the most part outside of allen so i I think like that's one of the things that gives me pause about this defense is they are very talented and i think the thing that stood out to me most dramatically is with regards to the front is they have great depth they have great pass rushing depth so they've got like two or three guys in the depth chart that are former second and third round picks with high pass rushing upside they bring all those guys in the field trayvon walker bumps inside the three technique Allen plays edge. They get um, a guy, I think his name's like K- something with a K, number 9049. And basically they all can win one-on-one yeah, matchups. Key. Yeah, yeah. Key's Who was in a there. pretty high pick himself a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, or for, pretty, I would for, say, uh, not. he wasn't a high pick, but like he was a, a stud at LSU. Like he, he was a guy that mattered on a really good defense a couple of years ago. Absolutely, man. And I think the... Um, I think the interesting thing about him is like he's more of an end, but he rushes well as a as an interior pass rusher and is able to create some pressure. You know what I mean? So like having four dudes who can come in off the bench and then um, make some plays, I think is interesting. They also have another kid from LSU, um, Casanova or some weird name like that, um, 47 maybe. But yeah, all four of those guys are very good pass rushers. And they were able to create a ton of pressure against Pittsburgh with just those four guys coming in off the bench. So I don't know how good the back end is. It's really hard to evaluate in preseason, but that front man has got some ability and they're, they're very exciting to watch. And I I think it's going to be an interesting challenge if Scott Turner wants to kind of lean into this run first run second approach to insulate Carson Wentz. Cause I think that'd be a mistake based on the front that they play, the personnel they've got. I think you want to spread them out, throw the football down the field a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we talked on about this a little bit on Monday's pod or Tuesday's pod this week. Um, and it, it like I don't know. It, it is an interesting thing that you know. In my mind, they want to be a let's spread the ball around kind of team. Because I'm just like thinking about the personnel and where they've invested. They've invested in quarterback. They've invested uh, in wide receiver, both monetarily and draft capital. And then you're like, well, I don't know. Is that who they want to be? Do they want to bang it up inside and and run the ball? And like their idea of protecting Carson is not kind of this you know sharp football. Uh, you know, as in Warren Sharp, uh, method of let's get easy passing completions on first and second down, but it's it's a more traditional, like we need to run the ball on first and second down and limit his opportunities. And then it's like, well, that actually just makes life hard on third down because inevitably you're going to get to third down a lot. And 
I I really hope that they have been playing coy and especially yeah. with Brian Robinson out because if you're going to be an in-between-the-tackles, run-the-football kind of team, uh, you don't have that back really anymore unless Jonathan Williams is that guy. But like Gibson, that's not really his thing. He's going to try to bounce things more than they should. And also, you enter that trust factor of him in traffic with the ball and you're then wasting. I mean, Logan Thomas is practicing today. Bates is back. Um, you know, we talked about all the tight end depth. You've obviously got Gibson as a space player, as a pass catcher. McKissick is a space player, as a pass catcher. And then, and then you get to the wide receivers of McLaren, Dots, right. and Samuel. And it just, it just seems like if they're going to be a team that tries to run it, especially against this defense, that doesn't make a lot of sense at all on like any account. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, you definitely, this is not like an anti running the football podcast. I am pro running the football. Like I'm an Same. offensive line coach at independent high school. Like I want to run the football. I think it's an important part of the game. Right. But I do think you need to be smart with when you do it. You need to find ways to get them in situations that are advantageous to you. I hate people. I hate watching games. I hate watching other teams like around the NFL who are just, they call their runs and they just kind of mash their head against the wall. That's one thing I'll always respect about Kyle, Sean, all those guys. They know how to dictate via personnel to get the guys in advantageous running looks. In the same way you want to get in good coverage philosophy, in good route concept, like they do that in the run game. Oh, let's get into 11. Let's, let's have McKissick in the game. Let's see if they'll match a nickel, four down linemen, two linebackers. The numbers there, the angles are better for us here. So we can pound the ball out of 11. We don't need to be in two tight ends and they bring in those you know, 320 pound mammoths and just clog up the middle. We don't need to do that. So I want to see like, yes, you should run the football, but how are we running the football and can we get them to match us in a personnel that fits what we do really well and fits our personnel? We've talked about McKissick, right? A ton this offseason. He's a great runner, right? Let's maybe use him. Let's spread it out. Let's get into 10 personnel. He's the one back. That's easy counts for offensive linemen, and he can make four yards in that if they if they match you, right? So I think that's one of the things you mentioned, one of the struggles about playing the first game of the year is you don't really know how they're going to match, right? In the preseason this year, uh, Tampa Bay kept their big personnel in on first and second down. They were like, well, screw it. That's what we're going to do. Jacksonville, you and, mean. Jacksonville, sorry. Tampa. And Bay. I'm guessing there that's also go. probably what Tampa Bay used to do, though. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, it's, that's it's why a, that's top of mind, not just because they're in Florida. Well, and also you watch a lot of, you know, you watch a lot of Tampa film getting ready for this game. Right. So it's kind of like, right. who are they playing? But th I think that's 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 an important thing to note. So let's take advantage of them bringing less coverage players onto the field and throw the football. You know what I mean? Because you're 320 pounds. You're built to stop the run. You're not built to cover the pass or rush the passer, right? Like, let's yeah. let's take advantage of that a little bit. Let's get them out of that. I remember this is a story, again, story time with Logan. Kyle Shanahan, when we were playing Vince Wilfork uh, in New England Patriots in 2011, intentionally went from 21 to 11 every single play in the first 25 just to get Vince Wilfork to run from the sideline back to the field so that by like the third play in the game, he was on the oxygen tank on the sideline. Like that that's kind of how you incredible story. That's how you need to think about this. You need to play chess, not checkers. And I think that that's something that um, I'd like to see. And I'm excited to see because um, like you, 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 like, again, you don't know for sure what they're going to do, but I want to see uh, this staff, this offense dictate a little bit more to that defense, especially with a bunch of young linebackers. Like they're good. They're talented, but they haven't played NFL football. Let's, let, let's make them see a lot and uh, see if we can get them confused, you know?
So this is something I've thought about in terms of uh, potential uh, personnel grouping and, and, you know, threat that they can play is like, I expect to see two backs on the field a lot this year. Like I would expect to see Gibson and McKissick together, especially those two on the field quite a bit because you can dictate big personnel and then split those two guys. I mean, they used to do this with, um, Jay used to do this with like Jordan and, and Chris Thompson or like, yeah. you know, Chris Thompson and, and, and another back, like they would, they'd have them out on the field together and then just split one of them out wide or both of them right. out wide. Like there's no reason that you can't come out in 21 or, you know, whatever, you know, even 20 personnel, two backs, no tight ends, two backs, one tight end, and then line up five wide. Like yeah. there is no reason that you can't do that given the personnel that you have. And that seems to be, or, you know, the other thing that you have with Curtis Samuel is like, you can go no, no backs on the field and then right. run the football. Um, so you can really get some of their big guys. Like if you want to run it and, and are having trouble getting their, their big guys off the field, take everybody out and then line Curtis Samuel up in the backfield and go yeah. like there's, there's a lot of opportunities with this personnel and not that you want to. And, and like, I guess this is the challenge, right? You don't want to get away from who you are. And right. I think Ron, especially as a head coach in terms of the tone he sets, but it feels like Scott as well as an OC are, are coaches that very much have a philosophy that we want to t do what we do and we're going to dictate that way. And I just think that's not always like that works when you're, you have superior talent and offensively they have really good talent. So maybe that works on, on a lot of weekends, but I look at, you know, like what has made Belichick so great defensively over the years is he, he always is just like, we're going to be good at everything. That way we'll figure out what the other team is bad at and then we'll do it. And then we're going to be good at the thing that they're bad at. And I think with the versatility that the commanders have offensively, they should be able to do that to any defense. Yeah, no, I th and I think even, even to, to, to kind of elaborate on that point, like 20 personnel, 10 personnel, you're probably not going to get a, the match you want, but like even with the personnel, like with Logan Thomas in and Bates, and then you could go Gibson and McKissick, you that's 22 personnel. Like you could for sure dictate a big response. And then you could have Logan Thomas in the slot, McKissick in the slot. And then sure. you'd feel really good about that in a one-on-one -on -one situation against a guy, a linebacker, a young linebacker, probably uh, Devin Lloyd. And I like that matchup. And that's just personnel based right so yeah using those things to your advantage i think is really important obviously you need to know your identity but like the good offensive like this is something that i've, I've been thinking about a lot they're like you know what john john kime asked me this the other day like what are teams holding close to the vest like at this point of the year and yeah it's a great question and it's not even like they're holding anything particularly close to the vest it's like how they're going to do what they do against this team and so what i mean by that is like your offense is in your 10 your 10 days of install are in. But now how are we going to run that same offense against Tampa Bay to put ourselves in the best situation and be so successful? That's personnel. That's formationally. That's concept, obviously, right? And so I think that that's something, again, like your identity kind of has to shift. It, the foundation of it's there, obviously, in that 10-day install. But it kind of has to shift to exploit the matchups you see on film. And if you're not doing that, you're not putting yourselves in good situations to win football games. You're just not doing it. You know what I mean? So that is something that I think is a little bit, I don't want to say a criticism, but something that I noticed about Scott and I was always questioning. And I just want to see him kind of push that envelope a little bit and see if we can get some good responses that put defenses in binds 
um, this upcoming weekend against Jacksonville. Can you give us an example of like, let's just take like one play, one play that would be considered. Cause I, I think like people here like install and like on a some oh, yeah. level, like we get what it means, but like, unless you've been in the meetings, it's kind of hard to understand like what a play might look like an install and like it's basic, most basic, you know, version versus what it looks like in a game plan. Like, can you take one specific yeah. play and then hash it out on how it, how it evolves into a game plan version of a play? So let's take something really simple, like um, like stick, the stick concept, which is usually a three-by-one to one side or the other. Let's say three-by-one right. The tight end, who's the closest receiver, runs a five-yard out. The next guy runs a flat, and the outside guy runs a go. And then the backside receiver has what they call like an, like it's a thunder. So like he can run a go versus press, run a hitch versus off. There's a whole bunch of different iterations of that. So that's like day one basic install. And you've got your X to the left in the isolation got your Y, your F, your Z, right? And so you got to say, okay, that's day one stick install. The way you'd run that and you'd get to that play versus a team, let's say they play a lot of man-to-man coverage, right? I would come out in 12 personnel. I'd have my tight ends lined up in West slot. So tight ends to the left, the two receivers. So Terry and Jahan to the right. And I would say, all right, this is a very common coverage or, or, um, or formation to get a coverage tell. And are they in man or zone? So that helps the quarterback out. I would say mm-hmm. shift. I would have the tight end go to the right. I'd have the F be the isolated receiver. Because again, like if it's man and I like my matchup there, let's say it's Cole Turner and he's running a thunder route and, and it's getting press coverage on a linebacker. He can run a fade. I'm going to throw that right now. And that's just one example, right? And so then I know pre-snap, I can work the zone side based on the pre-snap alignment of the, of the offense. And then I shift to a formation where I have an advantage versus man-to-man coverage. So again, like that's just an easy kind of, and that would never go in in training camp, but that goes right. in now because like you've something you've seen on film and that's like basic stuff. And you can do that with practically any play, right? Let's say Terry, you want Terry in a certain matchup where you want Terry off the ball. Like we can formation it so that Terry is the Z technically in this look, even though he's still classified as the X. So that he gets to run the primary route you want to get your horses the ball. And the Kyle was masterful at that, just kind of rain manning out, finding ways, you know, like it was really interesting being in Atlanta's offense after being up here where Julio's the guy. And they had so many more formations, partially because they just want to get Julio in good situations. And that's all by week. Like, you know, when I was in San Francisco and Kittle started going off, like Kyle would go crazy with formations for the tight end just to get Kittle in the best matchup. And that's all week specific. Yeah, uh, I remember when Jay was here and they did the same kind of stuff with Jordan. I just remember oh, there was yeah. one formation specifically called Hulk Wright, and I was like, "That's cool. Jordan gets to be Hulk. I want if I ever play football, I want a cool. I want to be like Flash. Flash <laughs> left. Send me on a go route, coach. Right, right. No, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. So it, it, that that kind of stuff, you know, you talk about like bunches and and ways to to get guys off of man coverage you know, your splits, like there's all this kind of stuff that you kind of shift around week by week. Um, but I think that's a great example. So I uh, appreciate you, you going into depth on that.